It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Wendy Weiss, a fellow New Yorker. She's president of Cold Calling Results and an expert on cold calling. In fact, she's known as the queen of cold calling. And through her consulting practice, she's trained thousands of business owners, sales leaders, and sales reps on how to develop new business using cold calling. Now, regular listeners to the show know that one of my favorite topics is new business development. Because after all, nothing happens in sales until you have a prospect. But these days, there's all these conflicting points of view out there about alternatively telling business owners and sales leaders that cold calling is dead and that social selling and inbound marketing or some combination of three are the absolute right answer. But I'm not sure that's the case. And so the question is, is cold calling really dead? Well, Wendy Weiss is going to tell us what she thinks about that. Wendy, welcome to the show. Well, hello, Andy. I am delighted to be here. Well, delighted to have you on board. So take a minute and introduce yourself. Okay, I will do that. I will uh, share with everyone uh, that I am known as the queen of cold calling. I was actually never supposed to be the queen of cold calling. I was actually supposed to be a ballerina. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I moved to New York City, where I still live and work. And I, live, I moved here as a teenager to dance. And uh, then eventually, like every artist in New York City, I needed a day job. <laughs> So I got a job with a telemarketing company that did business-to-business appointment setting, and it turned out I was good at it. Who knew? Because ballet dancers, we don't talk. We dance, <laughs> but we don't talk. And uh, well, who'd you dance for? Uh, I danced uh, with Pittsburgh Ballet Theater for many years. Okay. Yeah. And, and when you uh, came to New York? Uh, I danced with a number of pickup companies here in, in New York City, and I actually uh, went back and forth uh, to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. from New York uh, for many years. Got it. And um, until, so, until it became all about sales. Uh, well, yeah, it, it kind of became all about paying the rent. <laughs> at, <laughs> at a certain point, uh, it... Uh, I enjoyed my day job. It turned out I was really good at it. And I started my own business where I had clients that I would represent. And I did all the new business development uh, for them. And I was actually one of those first clients that dubbed me the queen of cold calling because yeah. uh, I found so many opportunities for him. Right. And uh, from there, I went into the business that I have today that... Uh, I work with business owners, entrepreneurs, sales professionals, people that need to develop new business. And I feel like I'm doing something that's pretty darn important. It's still difficult out there. And um, what I do like to share with my listeners, uh, our, our listeners, is that fundamentally this is a communication skill. I was really lucky when I got that telemarketing job so many years ago. I didn't know anything about business. I was a dancer. But I was lucky because they taught me the skill. And learning the skill enabled me to build a business. And so what I really want to share with all of our listeners 
is that whether you are the person making calls or you're a manager with a team that's making calls, this is a communication skill and it can be learned and it can be improved on. Well, let's start a little more basic than that. So why, why do people seem to be so anxious to want to kill the cold call? Ah, you know, it beats me, Andy. Um, it, it, it's, it's very interesting because the conversation about cold calling is always such an emotional conversation. And there are people, a handful of people that love cold calling and uh, think it's fun. And I would certainly fall into that camp. I think it's kind of fun. And then there's everyone else that supposedly hates to cold call. But here's the thing. Telephone prospecting, cold calling, is not an emotional experience. It's actually marketing. And the opposite of hating to cold call is not that you now love it. The opposite of hating to cold call is actually getting to neutral. Because if you are neutral, you can function and you can do what you need to do. And well, let's explore that a little second. Okay. I, I like I like that term, and I, you know, read your material that talks about it. So, what you're saying is that, you know, neutral doesn't mean you really love it either. There are many things that one might have to do in one's life or in business that you don't love doing, but it's part of the things that you need to do, and. Developing leads is one of those things. <laughs> there is no business without leads because there, there are no sales without leads, right? And the, the, other, the other piece of this is no matter where one finds a lead, you've got to talk to that person on the telephone. Exactly. And so, you know, this, this whole idea of salespeople love to divide everything into warm leads and cold leads. But here's the thing. Prospects do not think of themselves as being warm. They don't think, oh, I'm a warm lead, therefore I'm going to behave in a certain manner. When you pick up the phone and you call someone, that prospect, all they think is, is this person saying anything that I think is interesting? Or that has value to me. Or that has value to me. And if the answer is no, they say I'm not interested and they hang up. Well, right. And so this is really a key point. And I, this is one I, I make over and over again. And I, I, you know, I'm going to get you to make it even even more firmly. Is that, is that right? Well, it doesn't matter whether you're picking up the phone and calling somebody that's, we'll call them a cold lead as opposed to a warm lead. Or you're calling a warm lead. That first call is fundamentally the same. Yes. Whether, whether they reached out to you through a lead or not. Your process has to be largely the same. Yes. Well, I, let's talk about that because that—that I agree with you. That's such an artificial distinction that salespeople want to want to make. And yeah, in the mind of the customer, it's no different. None. No. No difference at all. Even if they call you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even if they call you, it's still the same. Yeah. I, I, this is such a key point. You know, for for. Yeah, business owners and sales managers and salespeople who are listening to the show, that first interaction with the prospect is fundamentally the same, regardless of how it was initiated. I, I will share with you, uh, Andy, a couple of years ago, I went to a conference that was put on uh, by the Warrior Forum. And for uh, those who may not know, the Warrior Forum 
is a group of internet marketers. So I went to this conference and I'll, uh, and I'll share with everybody, I was a little bit intimidated because I falsely assumed that, oh, they do everything online. They never, talk, they never have to talk to anybody. And so I was really amazed. Uh, there were two speakers on two different days, Matt Basak and, and Willie Crawford, both of whom have multi-million dollar businesses, both of whom are considered to be internet marketing gurus. They teach people how to do, they teach entrepreneurs and business owners how to do internet marketing. Both of them used exactly the same model, which was they drove leads through their website and then each of them in their organization ran a telemarketing room where they had people on the phone calling those leads. And and why wouldn't you, right? I and mean, why wouldn't you? As exactly. opposed to as opposed to putting into a funnel and dripping them emails and hoping to drive them to a point of purchase, shortcut it, pick up the phone and call them. Yes. And especially <laughs> they both of them were selling very high ticket coaching programs. Right. And while somebody might click on a buy now button uh, to buy a book or a two hundred dollar training program, something like that, they're they're not going to click a buy now button for ten thousand bucks, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars. They're not going to do it. They want to talk to a human being. Right. As they should. As they should. Okay. So let's get back again a little bit back to the business. So back to the beginning. Excuse me. So. What, what do you see are the two biggest mistakes that sales teams make when it comes to cold calling? Well, the two biggest mistakes are probably not being prepared and not making the calls. <laughs> All right. So, so. Let's, well, let's talk about the preparation because you, you talk about that in depth. Uh, yeah, I was just telling you before the call, I was looking at one of your uh, ebooks you had written recently about the cold calling survival guide, which I think was a great, great piece of information. Then we'll let you give people information about how to find that a little bit later. But you have lots of steps of preparation, which I think were really important to go through. And and one of the that I thought was sort of really interesting is this first one you talk about was belief. So tell people what you mean about belief when it comes to cold calling. Well, what you believe is very, very powerful. And we started this uh, podcast with you asking me about, you know, people, so many people say cold calling is dead. Um, and if you believe that cold calling is dead and won't work for you, you're going to have a really hard time picking up the phone. If you believe that you're bothering people, you're annoying people, they won't want to talk to you, they already have a vendor and couldn't possibly be interested. These are not beliefs that help you be successful. And so, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier about being neutral. You know, what, what if you believe that because you'd done your homework, uh, you had a pretty good idea that the person you were calling had a challenge, a business, some kind of business challenge that you might be able to help them with? Um, what if that's what you believed and that because they did have this business challenge, they were going to be interested in what you have to say. If that was your belief, it would be much easier to pick up the phone. And I work with people all day long that struggle simply with this issue 
that what they believe does not support their ability to be successful. And uh, Henry Ford said, either you think you can or you think you can't, and either way, you're right. And fundamentally, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that's a great saying, right? Especially, yeah. when, especially when it comes to cold calling, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's, again, key point just for, again, companies that are looking at how do they make their cold calling more successful, more efficient, more effective, more productive, is this element of belief is really important, as, as Wendy talks about. It's, it's you're not... Yes, you may be disrupting their day, but it's something they're going to get value from. You have to believe that you're able to provide that value that they need. And actually, I have uh, another ebook called A Practical Guide to Getting Sales Teams to Prospect um, that's written specifically for managers. And in the practical guide, uh, I go through the different forms of uh, twisted thinking that salespeople engage in that keeps them from being effective. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Sure. Mind reading. Many salespeople are great mind readers. <laughs> um, they, will, they will tell you, uh, call the prospect, uh, prospects in a meeting, uh, and they will tell you, well, that means the prospect doesn't want to talk to me. Right, right. That's a mind read. Yeah, it's a mind read, right? Yeah, they must not be interested. Yeah, they must not be interested because the secretary said they were in a meeting. Um, you know, maybe they're actually in a meeting. So there, there are uh, various forms of twisted thinking that salespeople engage in that, and, and human beings engage in, in this kind of uh, thinking as well. It's just very counterproductive if you're trying to be a successful sales professional or trying to manage a team. Um, so, Well, it really gets back to your point is that you have to be in that neutral position. You can't fear making the cold call. It's not personal. You know, this is something, again, that you're, you have a belief that you're adding value. So while you may not actually love making cold calls, you're convinced that you have value to add and it's a business necessity, necessity excuse me. So pick up the phone and make a call. Yeah. And I'll, on the same topic, I'll share with you, Andy, uh, a story from my very first telemarketing job. When I got that job, I was about 20 years old. I knew nothing about business. I was a dancer. I made, I was a really, I lived in New York in an apartment with five other dancers, uh, made no money at all. And, uh, so I got this job and, and within about a week, they had me calling the really difficult, uh, the CEOs, the presidents, people that supposedly wouldn't take cold calls. And I would get these mostly male, certainly much older than I was, certainly much more uh, financially successful than I was at the time. I would get them on the phone and insist they meet with the client and they would do it. And later on when I started doing training, I, I, I had to figure out, well, why was I able to do this? I was 20 years old, I didn't know anything about business, and I realized something very interesting. In my world, at the time, I was a dancer, and I considered myself to be an artist. In my world, artists were very important people. Business people were not as important in my world as artists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Therefore, when I picked up the phone and called a business person, I thought that that business person would be absolutely delighted to speak with me because I was an artist. Now, <laughs> did, the, did this belief have anything at all to do with reality? No. 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 
but but it was what I believed. And having that belief made me really, really successful because I was totally fearless. I thought everybody would love to talk to me. Yeah, and I, I think you've identified a really key point is that, and we can explore a little bit more on that, but it's, as I recall my own days when I was making cold calls and as back in the day when I was walking business parks, you know, physically making cold calls, not just over the phone. But yeah, I... I depending on the product I was selling at that time, but it was like, I couldn't understand why people wouldn't want to talk to me. Right? Because I thought there's so much value in what I was selling is that why I thought they were nuts if they didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so if you can have that belief, that really forms a a core part of this. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk more about preparing to make calls because I think you have some great things to say about how people should prepare and who they should target in their calling. And this idea about being scripted or not scripted, which I think is, again, another huge point of contention in sort of the sales sphere these days. And we want to talk about that. Now, before we do, though, is I have a question I ask all my guests. I'm going to pose this scenario to you and I'll take your answer when we come back after the break. So here it is. You're a sales manager. You've been hired newly into a company to help them because their sales have basically stalled out. And upper management brought you in to turn that around. So they're really anxious for change to happen quickly. So what two things would you do in your first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? So think about that. And we'll be back after the break with my guest, Wendy Weiss, the queen of cold calling. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back. My guest today is Wendy Weiss, founder of Cold Calling Results and the queen of cold calling. I love that. So let's talk about the scenario that I posed right before the break. You've been hired as a new sales manager into a company whose sales need to be turned around. What two things would you do on the first week in the job that have the biggest impact? Okay. Well, the first thing that I would do, Andy, would be to look at the numbers. Um, And that would be hopefully that uh, this employer, my new employer, would actually have some sort of system in place that tracks, dials, conversations, and appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of amazing in 2015 going into 2016 uh, how many companies are not tracking anything at all. Right. Um, so that's the first thing that I would do. If there is no system in place to track, I would get one. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's number one. And then number two is I would look at all this, all the systems. Uh, There is this myth about prospecting, cold calling, that it's call anybody, say anything, throw stuff at the wall, hope it sticks. And that actually, you know, and there's the myth of the the numbers game, Mm -hmm. make 100 dials a day. If that doesn't work, make 200 dials a day. Uh, I don't think that ever worked really, really well. It doesn't work today 
because it's really hard to get people on the telephone. Exactly. So you really need to have some systems and some strategies. So that's what I would be looking at next. Excellent. Okay, good. What sort of leads into the next question then is how do you how do you prepare then to make sure to make calls? You know, how do you make sure you're targeting the right business entities or the right people within those entities to reach out to? Because I mean, too often, as you said, and I've seen this with companies I work with is they're really scattered. There's, you know, calling randomly. And, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. Even if you have a team and their entire job, they're inside salespeople, that's all they do. They're on the phone. There's only so many hours in the day that they can spend dialing the phone. So let's let's use those hours productively. So the first thing that you do have to look at is out of everyone in the entire world that might buy some teeny tiny little thing, who is most likely to buy, buy a lot and then come back and buy some more? Because those, those are the entities you want to be calling. So that means taking a look uh, back, and this is one of the first things that I do with clients if they don't have a good list or they tell me they don't really know who's a good prospect, we're going to go back and look at their their customers and take a look at, say, the top 10. And by top, I mean uh, the ones that generate the most revenue and that are the most profitable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do they have in common? You know, is it the size of the company? Is it a specific industry, you know, vertical, uh, size of the company and either employees or, or revenue, like what is it? You, you need a profile of what makes a good prospect for you. And you can do that by looking at who your current customers are because you are looking for prospects that match the profile of your best customers. And this is, it's so funny how this is so hard, seems time seems like for many companies is to say, look, where are we going to find new business? Well, let's do more like the customers we have already, right? Right. Because especially I see this more in smaller enterprises, maybe a little less mature in some of their processes is, is, you know, they sort of cast wide nets out there and they content to drag in any fish that they catch when not all fish are the same. Not all fish are the same. That That is for sure. And, you know, sometimes... When I'm working with a client, I'll ask them to describe an ideal prospect to me, and they'll say things like, well, they should appreciate the value of our services, or <laughs> um, they should understand the value that we bring, or they should be easy to work with, or, you know, these, I mean, we all want clients that are easy to work with. Well, yeah, we'd, the, we'd, all love, we'd all love to have clients that intuitively understand the value that we oh, bring. Oh, abs- Absolutely. But you can't really go out and uh, buy a list or, of prospects. Or, or build a company like, right? Or, yeah. So uh, you, you've got to be very concrete and specific about what are the parameters that make a good prospect for you. Yeah, and it really boils down to making choices. And this is, the, I think, the hard thing that's, that many sales managers have is that the process of becoming more productive is part of that is eliminating activities that you're not going to do or prospects you're not going to call on and focusing on those as you said they really have the highest probability of being an ideal client for you and you know let's say you had 10 different ideal client profiles 
then throw them all into a hat and pick one and start. Right. Pick you don't one. Have to, yeah, you don't have to do them all because I see I see clients getting paralyzed because they have choices and they're all good choices. So what do I do first? Doesn't matter. Pick one. Pick one. Right. All right. So let's move on then to this topic we talked about before in the first part of the show about, okay, don't matter where the lead comes from, you got to pick up the phone and make that first call. And there's been some, uh, you know, you read in the sales literature these days, more and more written about, you know, salespeople are over scripted. And, and you sort of, I think, hit it right on the head. You talk about it's important to have a script, but not to be scripted. So well, tell, us, it, tell us what you meant by that, because it's, it's, I think it's a really important point for people to understand. Okay. Well, yeah, you're right. Pe- many people are very resistant to using a script. It, but the truth is that every single salesperson, every single sales professional in the entire world, even the ones that say they don't use scripts, are all using scripts. And this is, this is what I mean. Um, everyone has an elevator speech. Uh, a way that they introduce themselves, whether it's on a call or they go to a networking meeting or um, there, there's a kind of standard way that mm-hmm. they introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a script. It may not be written down, but if you're saying the same thing over and over and again, that is a script. Um all sales professionals get certain questions over and over again. They get the same questions and they have kind of standard answers that they give. If you're kind of given the same answer to the, that question every time you're asked it, that's a script. There are objections that salespeople hear all the time and they have kind of standard answers. And if you kind of are given the same answer every time you hear that objection, that's a script. So should I use a script is not the right question. The right question is, does my script work? If you say something and your prospect says, I'm not interested and hangs up on you, that script doesn't work. Right. Time, time to modify it. Time to, time to make some changes. So the idea is, that a script is that you think before you talk and that you have a specific goal in mind, and if what you're saying isn't helping you achieve the goal, then you need to modify what it is you're saying so that you can achieve the goal for that particular conversation. And I think that one of the things that's, that's really important in that regard is, is when you're at the beginning, is go ahead and write it down. Write it down, write yes. Write it down memorize it don't read it but memorize it practice it memorize it so that you start internalizing it so that when you do have that opportunity as you talked about in your literature it's uh, relating to your ballet days it's like muscle memory yeah is then it comes out naturally and if it doesn't work then you sit down and modify it rewrite it practice it again and test something new and here's the trick andy because written language and spoken language are very different. Mm-hmm. We, and we've all been trained really well in school, capital letter at the beginning of the sentence, period at the end. But people don't actually speak the way we write. And what happens is, and this is one of the reasons I think that 
people say, oh, I can't use this script because when they write it down, they write it in perfect grammatical English like they've been taught in school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which would work if you're writing a marketing brochure or something for your website. It's got to be in perfect grammatical English, but not when you talk. Right. And so the key, the real secret is to write it down, but write it down the way that you talk. Call up your voicemail. Mm-hmm. Talk mm-hmm. into your voicemail, then play it back and write down what you said. Perfect. Or practice it in front of your colleagues. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a little role playing to help people you know, learn what works or doesn't work or to see how their message is received. I'd spent some time studying with a teacher on public speaking and about how to give a keynote address. And, and one of the key lessons was write down the speech word for word, practice it, record it, listen to it back, internalize it. So it just becomes a part of you. Yes. So, yeah. When we talk about sales reps being over-scripted, well, I think what people are really referring to is that they're reading the script. And if you're in a situation where your reps are reading the script, it's going to come across as the fact they're reading it. And they're not going to be able to engage a prospect's interest when you're reading something off a piece of paper. Right. And, uh, you know, television anchors read from teleprompters all day long and sound lifelike. So it is entirely possible to learn to read a script um, and sound lifelike. But it, it does take some practice. <laughs> it takes some practice. That's really the, the key thing. But yeah, I think the bottom line is, at least for me, is that I think it's so important as you talk about is, is write it down, practice it. Everybody has a script. Test your script. If it's not working, if it's not producing the results you need to in terms of being able to set up follow-up appointments and so on, then modify it and test something new. Don't just keep using the same thing over and over. It's not producing the results you want. So another question for you is, is should sales reps leave voicemails? We talked about before, it's hard to get hold of people. Statistics say I've read 80% of uh, phone calls in business-to-business sales go to a voicemail. Should they leave voicemail if not what should they do instead well if you'd asked me this question a few years ago i would have said hang up and call somebody else but you're absolutely right that today more and more phone lines are answered by voicemail so we do need a strategy to get people to call us back Mm -hmm. and so what i've been doing with with my clients um, that works very well to get prospects to return phone calls is a voicemail campaign. And a voicemail campaign is a series of voicemails that you leave over time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like a drip campaign for voicemail. It's, it's marketing 101. We know that repetition increases response. And so the... Uh, you know, the chances of somebody returning a phone call, if you leave them one message, uh, might it happen? It's not the most likely thing to happen. But if you leave a series of messages over time, it does increase response. And if you've got an email address uh, to go along with that phone number, leaving voicemails and sending emails over time increase response. 
And so the voicemails should be scripted as well. The voicemails are scripted. Everything is scripted. Yes. Right. Yeah. And this is the point that's you know oftentimes overlooked is is given the the high probability that if you're making a call that you are going to get connected to a voicemail system, and if you've determined that you are going to leave a voicemail, you know a random voicemail, quickly improvised voicemails, not going to get you the response that you want. So what is the message that you want to receive? What's the call to action? for the prospect to call you back. Yeah, and it's actually, it's the same as when you get someone on the telephone. You've got to be prepared. And you've got to be prepared to say something that's going to be compelling. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, Wendy, what do I say when the prospect says I'm not interested? And what's always confused me, actually, Andy, because... I I have some colleagues that will give scripts in response to, I'm not interested. If the prospect says, I'm not interested, say this. Or if the prospect Mm -hmm. says, I'm not interested, say that. I think the time to say something interesting is before they say, I'm not interested. (laughs) That's true. And, And that does require some thought. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason they may not be interested is the fact that you haven't said anything interesting or compelling to them. Exactly. The other reason might be that you're calling the wrong wrong person, which is why it's really important, the wrong target, which is why it's really important, going back to what we discussed earlier, to target well. Exactly. And it's also possible that people truly aren't interested. And you, know, you need to understand as a sales rep when that situation arises, because you don't want to continue to waste your time trying to force this person to become interested when they're not really a prospect for what you have. If you've targeted well, though, and have a good introduction, the prospect, I'm not saying everybody's going to buy from you, but the prospect should be willing to at least have a conversation. They may, after that conversation, not be interested. Sure. But if you call a prospect, you introduce yourself, and they say, I'm not interested, and they hang up, you probably haven't said anything interesting. Or you haven't targeted the right people. Or you haven't targeted the right people. Right. Okay. Well, I wish we could spend more time talking about that, but we need to move to the last segment of our show. And as I said, when we finish, Wendy will give you some more information about how to find out more about how to prepare yourself and how to succeed at cold calling in your business. So here we're going into this rapid-fire question section of the show. I've got some questions to sort of elicit stream of consciousness type answers you can give me one word or you can elaborate as much as you wish are you ready okay so what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal my brain love it i was gonna say either that or the telephone for you but yeah so what's the one tool you use for managing your own sales that you can't live without contact science Hmm. Don't know that. What What is that? A CRM system? Uh, no, it is prospecting software. Contact science. Yeah. And what does it do? Uh, it It automates the prospecting process, and it's an efficiency tool. Um, CRM is not actually made for prospecting. No, no. And it is very unwieldy, on top of which it's often very, very difficult to get salespeople to use it. Right. 
So is contact science like a, does it have a dialer built into it? And um, you can use it with a dialer. It's got a click to click to call feature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's uh, from the user's perspective, it just makes it so incredibly easy. You do put your scripts in there. Mm -hmm. And it basically says, hey, Andy, call this person. If you get them on the phone, say something like this. If you get the voicemail, here's something you can say. Send them this email. Now call this next person. And it keeps, them, it keeps you totally organized. It's easy to use. Uh, it gives you metrics. And um, it's uh, the best that I've, I've seen on the market. And... I use it for my prospecting. My team uses it for prospecting. Great. And I recommend it to all my clients. Excellent. I'll have to check it out. Contact science. Yeah. So, tell them the queen sent you. Tell them the queen sent you. I imagine you on these TV commercials. <laughs> I am the queen of... Okay. So who's your sales role model? Sales role model. You know, a lot of what I do comes from my background as a dancer mm -hmm. and when you are a dancer you warm up you rehearse and then you perform you take a ballet class every single day to work on your technique and before you take class you warm up so that you don't hurt yourself mm -hmm. and if you've got a performance coming up you don't just run out on stage and start dancing. Uh, you rehearse so that to create that muscle memory uh, so that you can do what you need to do and you don't have to panic or worry about it. You just do it and you do it really well because you practiced it. And doing that warm-up and rehearsal is what actually enables you to do the performance. And it okay. actually works exactly the same way in sales. You know, the myth about cold calling is you just get on the phone and um, you call anybody it, right. and you say anything, um, which doesn't actually work. What you actually need to do is warm up, which is who are you calling? What are you going to say when you get them on the phone? What are you going to say in your voicemail? What are you going to say in your email? Uh, uh, what are you going to say in social media if you're using social media? Like figuring it all out in advance. What's the process? Practicing it so that when you do get that prospect on the phone, you're not stumbling all over the place. You can be calm and confident and represent yourself and, you know, whatever your offering is and do that well. And that's what's going to enable you to successfully perform. So my role model is... A dancer. A dancer. Yeah. Well, you said one interesting thing there that that um, you didn't really elaborate on, but it's it's you said you took a class every day, and you know one of my huge passions in life is trying to get salespeople, sales leaders to invest more in their own personal development through educating themselves about sales and marketing and you know all the aspects of of the business that could contribute to their sales success by investing some of their time every day reading or going online and listening to a podcast or watching a video or something about sales. Yeah, you know, dancers take class every single day. Even even the stars take class every exactly. single day. 
Yeah, if you're a superstar salesperson, don't think you know it all, right? As soon as you think you know everything, then you're starting to go on the downhill slide at that point as far as I'm concerned. All right, what's the first sales activity you do every day? I get on the phone. Okay, make calls. Yeah. All right, and I think you asked this question or answered this question once before. I'll ask it again, though. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Well, I'll give you two. All right. Okay. The one is, what do I say if the prospect says I'm not interested? Right. We talked about that. Right. And the other one is, is there a generic script? And the answer to that is no. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, thank you for joining me. (laughs) Well, that's a great answer. And we really don't need to elaborate on that. So I want to thank my guest today. It's Wendy Weiss for joining me. Wendy, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, I will invite all of you to download my cold calling survival guide. And you can find that at coldcalling911.com. And the subtitle for the cold calling survival guide is start setting appointments in the next 24 hours. And that's the the book that you referenced earlier, Mm -hmm. Andy. And I also have a ebook and by the way cold calling survival guide is a complimentary ebook i also have a book for sales managers called a practical guide to getting sales teams to prospect and you can get that at coldcalling911.com forward slash managers with a capital m and so uh, andy you're going to post those links yes those links will be on the show notes page for each podcast and this podcast so Right. Visit andypaul.com forward slash podcast and you'll find this uh, this episode and all that information. Okay. And, and you'll also be able to uh, contact me directly through coldcalling911.com. Excellent. Okay. Well, Wendy, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. Subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Wendy Weiss, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling, interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my Zero Time Selling Interactive Training System is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a 9 and a 6 followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit SEND, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.